1: Welcome into Eleven Personnel presented by Port Royal Plants. I'm Nick Roush, as always, joined by one Adam Luckett. As we get you set for Saturday's significant matchup between uh, Kentucky and the Missouri Tigers, um, I, I don't really want to spend more time on Tennessee Luckett, but there might be a few things we got to clean up. Yeah, uh,
0: let's just talk about the elephant in the room here. Um. Okay. Let's do it. We heard from Mark Stoops on Monday. Basically, get get it fixed or get lost. I joked on the football podcast. Mark Stoops is not going to fire himself. Who do we think he's talking to? So Nick, what ha- what has to what what has to happen these last four games to get to that where we're covering another offensive coordinator search? Well, the
1: thing was too is Rich Gangarella wasn't. You know, he's not pressing the panic button. He's not overreacting. But They're Rich not, Gangarello
0: has taught us not to listen to a word he says in these press conferences.
1: That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, it was a little concerning, though, when he said that we knew they were going to get downhill in the run game, but we just wanted to run it anyway. It's like, why, why would that be the game plan? Like, what, what, made, what, what made you think that was a good idea? So... I, I don't know. Average twenty four points a game. That doesn't feel like you're asking for much, right? Because this this Missouri game feels like a race to twenty. Uh, the the Louisville game might be a race to twenty as well. So like, if you average twenty four points a game, that that's there's a dud in there against Georgia. You probably scoring what? You, you should get to thirty five uh, by Vanderbilt. But I, I think that's where you're at. And really, in all honestly, you you need to get to eight wins. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I, I, I think that's a necessity because the offensive talent dictates like it's, you're, you're not asking them to do a whole lot. And you've got some good players to play with, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you finish seven and five or six and six, I think. That's a definite. I would, I'm not going to say definite, but you're definitely in a gray. I think he's in a gray area right now, personally. Like we've seen Mark Stoops pull the plug. Um when things getting bad and when we really didn't think he would like the Dawson one people were like, well, it's just one year. You can't, can't make a coordinator change. He did it. And then with the last one, it was, you know, Eddie Grant has been here for so long. He just like turned the offense around in 20, made something out of nothing nothing in 2019. You know, you've been what they've been together so long. He's not going to pull the plug on him. And he did. So to me, it's, he's shown in the past, he's not afraid uh, to pull this plug. Um, There's just, This one's different because of, like, the pending QB transfer, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, they got to get a QB in here next year, and if you pull the plug, you'd almost have to have a guy right away uh, to come in here and transfer in. Right.
1: It's it's like you don't go entering the portal unless you know where you're going to end up. You, I I don't think you can pull the – like, barring disaster – Yeah, Like, if it's six and six instead of seven and five. Like, let's say you only beat Vanderbilt mm -hmm. and and your hands are kind of forced. That's the only real scenario I see where you pull the plug on Rich without having a successor lined up and a quarterback ready to bring in as well.
0: Yeah, and I also think, like, there's going to be – like, there's not just going to be eight QBs in the portal that everybody's fighting over. There's going to be a lot of guys in the portal that can play. So, you're going to have options um, there with quarterback. But, yeah, I just – you bring – like he's got like they need to win this. If they don't win and they score, go down there and score fourteen points, Nick. Like it's going to get bad around here.
1: Well, because like it, I, I'll bring up just my worst case scenario before we get your benchmarks that you want to see over the final four games. I, I'm not going to write about it because I don't, I don't, I don't want to put that juju out there. But to say it out loud, you can see, I, I, I can very easily, and it's not just me being a jaded Kentucky fan. There's Kentucky kind of is what they are right now. They're a yeah. sloppy offensive football team that makes a lot of mistakes. And you could see a scenario where the defense keeps them in this game. Um, the offense doesn't do a ton, um, but they're in position to win. They make a late turnover. You lose to Missouri. Um, Vanderbilt, you score 24 points in a win to get bowl eligible. Um, and then you, you get beat by Georgia. And then in the Louisville series, you know, we, we don't mention this enough, but that that thing really works in four- and five-year increments, right? Like, it swings wildly back and forth. There's not really a lot of close games. It just goes one way or the other. And once one team wins, it kind of starts going the other direction. I, I've thought Scott Satterfield's a joke of a coach for the longest time, but their defense is going to blitz the Ever-11 snot out of Kentucky, right? They're just going to be bringing dudes all day, and you they're should to have answers, but, like, you can see the scenario where they get the win
0: and then the pendulum is just going back in the wrong direction. They're playing three defenses that play the same way here at the close of the season at. Take out Georgia. Tennessee, Missouri, Louisville are going to play man coverage and they're coming downhill. And they're just going to try to create negative plays. They don't care. So, like, Kentucky's going to have to – they're going to play the same defense. Like, the defense they just saw at Tennessee, they're going to see again. And if they come out with the same god-awful plan, they're going to get their ass kicked. And so we're just gonna have to see what he can kind of scheme up here. Like Will Levis needs to look like Will Levis again to me. Number one, like if we get through this year and he we look up and he's got 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and just ho hum numbers, like you you ruined that kid. Like you ruined that kid's like what should have been his big season. Like Mm -hmm. because you couldn't create and your offense couldn't create easy enough stuff for him. Um, Like, yeah, scoring points is going to be big for me here this last couple weeks. I don't want, like, if you're out there scoring 21 points again, like, that's just not good enough. Um, Kentucky's got to get out of that. They're going to have to start scoring points. Like, it's just the bottom line. Like, Tennessee and Heupel, as long as Josh Heupel's there, you're going to have to score 38 points to beat him. There's really no getting around it. Yeah. You've got to start scoring points. Like, it's a program. They just have to get out of this
1: winning games in the Like, yeah.
0: Well, you want to – you you know, what's good about – they can win games in the mud, but you can't always depend on it. You're going to have to win where you – you know, you're going to have to score points in some shootout-type games to win. Um, so that's what I want to see. And then, like, the the sloppiness, right? I, I, that stuff's got to get out of there. If, if we're still in these big – like, they're going to play two big games, really, and I'm not talking about the Georgia game. I'm talking about this Saturday against Missouri and against Louisville. If we're getting in there where there's key procedure penalties um, – like, no one's really talking about – like, that false start on third and six before the short punt, before the touchdown before half, it's 26. If they don't have the false start, third and six is a lot easier to get than third and 11. Um, they were awful on Saturday, but they've typically been a good third down team throughout the year. They probably get that third down, and it changes everything. But that was just kind of a, another evidence of just penalties. Uh, we talk of Ole Miss. Like, critical procedure penalties are killing them. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know the old Miss one. You get that 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 one, and then you get backed up and you get sacked. So that that's the sloppiness in general has got to be get fixed. Will Levis needs to look like Will Levis in the beginning of these games, Nick. Like I've always I've always said it. I I judge an offensive play caller a lot about like his opening game plan and his script, and you should be able to put something together and have success early in these games, and they absolutely stink starting these games.
1: They've only had two scores on first possessions this year. Last year, they had seven.
0: Yeah, and those are against G5 teams. Yeah. You come out against Florida, three and out. You come out against Ole Miss. You get backed up. You get a first down, but then you fall behind the chains. Will Levis takes a big sack on your first real drop-back situation of the game. Come out South Carolina, you run a gadget play on your opening script, which I don't think – which. I think just set the tone of that game. Um, you were not winning it after that happened. Uh and then let's see here. Mississippi State, you fumble. You get in third and long, you convert a third long and you fumble. And then Tennessee. You come out, you're down seven nothing, the crowd's going nuts. Last thing you need is a three and out there, and you go three and out. It's like you, you gotta be better than that. Like if they come out here and there's uh three and out city here to start uh, to start this game and the local game, it's just it's not going to be good, I think, for a team confidence-wise. They have to show – they have to have success early to get some positivity, get some momentum on that sideline. So, uh, I mentioned yeah. it after the game, kind of a four-game trial here. And I I, I I, think Snoop's kind of proved my point on Monday uh, with that comment he made. So, we're going to have to see uh, what what he has here these last four games. Yeah,
1: and, and I think what's important, too, you know, you, you talk about giving that sideline some confidence – the players got to be wondering too now, right? Like, is am I being put in a position to succeed? Uh, yeah. But the the stuff that Ryan Lemon was saying about Tennessee players knowing where the play was going, all that stuff like that happens in every game. That like players it feels
0: want- like I feel like I'm in 2020. They well, know like,
1: what they know. Go ahead. I, but like it, you know, it's one thing if the other team has scouted you and kind of knows where the ball is going. Kedron Smith pick six against Florida. He said after the game, we just watched film, we knew where it was going. Like teams are good enough at doing right. that. But what's worrisome though is that the players are so ticked off about it that they're that that's like they're sharing their grievances, right? Like they're airing out their grievances about their coach right now. That's the part that worries me mm-hmm. because you got a lot of that in the Shannon Dawson era. A lot of the like. You got a lot of that in the D.J. Elliott era, too, where the the guys didn't necessarily respect or trust that the coach would put them in a position to succeed. Rich has got to get them feeling confident back on the football field again so they can make some plays.
0: Yeah, I just feel like it's like 2020 again. They can't beat press man coverage. But you should be able to with these receivers. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of that's on, like, to me, it's just scheme. Like, you've got to scheme these guys open. Like, you have the quarterback that can make these throws. Like, it shouldn't be, like, blanketed. Like, I just.
1: Pick pass, pass. yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then everything takes forever. Like, you know, uh, it just, or everything's just hard. It it shouldn't be this hard. That's really the frustrating part, that it feels like it's. Like, we're going to see the game plans we saw in 2020, where they're just going to press man coverage. They're going to stuff. They're going to crank the box up. Play downhill, stop Rodriguez, and then they don't think you can beat you on the beat them on the outside. And that's like if you can't beat that on an offense, you just you, something's got to change. You gotta be able to beat that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been hard uh, watching this offense at times. That's why I'm relying on Port Royal Plants and this high quality pain relief bomb. Visit them at portroyalplants.com. All organic CBD, uh Kentucky Proud products. Um if you're out and about too. Um, like I'm about to be raking leaves later. And I know a lot of the bugs are dead, but you still, uh, my wife, she'll get, she, she could go into a freezer and get bit by four mosquitoes, try out their uh, organic CBD base, flea, tick, mosquito, uh, no, not flea, tick, flea and ticks for dogs. We don't need flea stuff. We need mosquito <laughs> repellent. They've got that at Port Royal Plants based in Henry County. Give them a try today at Port Royal Plants. Dot com. Well, like it Tuesday was my first time going to Lexington in a long time. And I threw some on the back before getting in the car. And man, it's like, it's not like getting a back massage, but it is. It really just, like, okay, th- this is, this drive's going back much, much easier. My way home wasn't as pleasant though, because I got the text from my wife. Uh, there's poop everywhere. So um, that, that's what you don't want to get. That's the message you don't want to receive. Uh, but the house didn't burn down. We're getting back. We're rocking, we're rolling. Um, would be a lot easier in my life, though. We got back-to-back nooners, eleven a.m. local kickoff time. Make things a lot easier if Kentucky did come out and score some points against Missouri. Who? It, it's weird. Like, like I, I don't want to be too nice to Missouri because th- they suck in close games. Like they that Auburn loss is one of the worst f- football losses I've ever seen in my lifetime. Like people who say like. Uh, teams just don't lose the way Kentucky lose. We're the most snake bit fan base. Blah blah blah. No, dude, watch Missouri. Like they have so many of these losses, especially this year. That that Auburn game, they have they, they have an all former all SEC kicker miss a chip shot to win. Um, then they, they 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 fumble it into the end zone in overtime. Could have been an easy touchdown, and dude just gets stripped at the one foot line. Um, and then the week later, they actually got up off the mat, had Georgia on the ropes. They're on fourth and inches at their third and second, whatever. They're goal to go, and they get a false start at the one inch line. Backs them up. They kick a field goal. Georgia gets friendly whistles the rest of the way and ends up winning that football game. They didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. So it, it's kind of funny though. Like it, like both teams are kind of similar. Like it's uh, it's, it's kind of Spider Man meme. Like especially with Luther Burden, uh, their talented receiver, and you got Barry on Brown, Dan Key, like. Hey, get these guys the ball. Like, there's there's a lot of similar themes with both of these teams, but the Missouri offense has been much worse on a consistent
0: basis than Kentucky's. Yeah, both these defenses are kind of have a legit top fifteen case defense wise. I mean, they're both been pretty good. Uh, both defensive coordinators are doing an outstanding job, and then offensively, it's holding both teams back. Um, Missouri Brady Cooks a new starter at quarterback. He's had a lot of struggles this year. They're young at wide receiver. They don't really have – they will have that offensive line issues. They, they're playing two transfers at running back. Both are just kind of blah, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing about this game, is, Nick, like Kentucky's offense is better than Missouri's. Like Missouri's, I think you can make the case, it's the worst offense in the SEC. I mean, it's pretty – they're not yeah. like downright terrible, as we've seen some like uh, Vanderbilt offenses in the past or some Kentucky offenses back in the day when – Kentucky was bottom of the league, but they are not very good on offense.
1: They're, they're like, just hoping to pop a few plays here and there. Yeah, Dominic
0: Lovett is the one to watch, um, number seven, sophomore receiver. He's really their whole offense. Um, When they're – I believe they – like, 13 of their points against South Carolina, they all came from Lovett just popping a 40-yard, 50-yard reception and getting them in the scoring territory. He's the guy you got to stop. You cannot let him get deep. Um, when they when they tied the game for Auburn, or when they set up the game when he scored, they threw a a go ball to Love it, and he made a great catch on the sideline. Um, so like he's the guy you cannot let get loose. But Kentucky is better on offense. Like they have a better running back, they have a better running game, they have a better quarterback, they have a better passing game. Like they should, you know, if the defenses play it and even. Mount Kentucky should have the advantage in this game because they have the better offense. But we know the Kentucky's issues turnovers have been bad, can't finish drives in the red zone, can't finish create scoring opportunities, but can't finish them. That's why I think the start of this game is so important. Because if you go back two years ago in, in this game at Missouri, like we saw a game like we're gonna think we're gonna see on Saturday, right? Just the yep. ultimate slug fest. Yep. Um, yep. But Missouri controlled the tempo and tenor of that game because they got off the field on third downs on defense, and they just churned out drives. Uh, I believe they were like 15 to 25 on third and fourth down on offense. They really didn't have a great day on offense, but they just were able to keep the chains moving and just won the the ultimate in the mud slugfest. I think you're going to potentially play out, and so I think whoever gets the lead early in this game, like whoever scores the first touchdown, is going to have um, a pretty big yeah. advantage here. And so, like, the start's huge. Like, if Kentucky comes out here, um, you know, and has to fill fill themselves out in the first four possessions of a game again um, before they figure out what they want to do on offense, I think they're going to be in trouble.
1: Yeah, and to your point, the, the one thing that I will, like, you all know how I'm fired up Eli Drinkwitz gets me. I mean, he's just, uh, he, he, off the field, that dude just really knows how to push all the right buttons to fire me up. But on the field, um, I do respect him as a play caller. And, like, if I'm going to give them one advantage offensively, this dude knows how to bring teams down to his level. Like, they don't have the overwhelming talent. But in that game, look it. I think they were combined 14 of 25. On 14 of 25, down. yeah. Just, yeah, no. and it was it was just and – and it was because they were in, like, third and threes. Yep. And they would give it to um, – Roundtree. Roundtree, yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it was all very manageable – situations uh drink is a good play caller at when it comes to knowing the time to hit your shots and also keeping your keeping things manageable for below average quarterbacks so um that part worries me a little bit also uh I, i don't know how this is the case because their kicker is wildly inconsistent um i saw him miss uh was it south carolina he had a bad miss or I, I don't yes, know. Yes, he missed a short. He missed a chip shot against South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. He's, he he's kind of all over the place, but I think
0: SP Plus has them at third in special teams efficiency. Yeah, but he's like, I mean, he's like seven to nine on forty plus yard attempts. I think he's got five makes from fifty plus yards. Yeah, he, he can hit bombs, but he just. Misses. I mean, he's an he's an NFL kicker. I mean, <laughs> like as soon as they get cross midfield, they're about in his range. So that's another concern in this game, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe Matt and them reported that maybe there might be a. Special team kicking change for Kentucky um, today on the show. I believe I saw that somewhere. Kind of hinted at that. Yeah. So, you know, they like Missouri's going to have the kicking game advantage, but they have given up some punt returns. So that could maybe be an area Kentucky could get them. um, And so they could pop a punt return. But yeah, I mean, how do you feel confident in Kentucky's kicking game, right? No. I mean, in in a slugfest type game. You know, field position. Like Missouri stunk at field position too. You're very much right on the Spider-Man meme. Like these teams got oh. a lot in common. The we we bring up uh, the the Twitter account is at StatsWar.
1: It's um, he he runs something called CFB Graphs, and it's it's just an easy to consume advanced stats graphic for every game, and it is so funny. Look at how. Like he uses blue and red, like good, bad, and like yeah. oh my God, it is like a mirror image of one another. It is it is so, so funny. They're each projected twenty point nine points, right? Like it's about as 50-50 toss-up as it comes, and they're they're terrible at field position. The the net field position, Kentucky ranks 97 yeah, in the country. That's For just me- that's so bad. Like they're not even getting first downs mm-hmm. to 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 help the defense and even flip the field, right? Like there's none of that, like. Like, you're not even getting those drives where you're like, well, they didn't score, but at least they gave the defense a, a chance there because mm-hmm. that's what happened in, in 2018, right? Like, you you went down there. Uh, your offense stunk it up. You had Danny Clark at quarterback in yeah. the, the football. But at least, like, the offense would make sure that the defense was getting Drew Locke back in the, around the 20-yard line, right, before they were locking him up. Um That and, – and, man – We're bringing up these games, and look, as much as on our side, since Mark Stoops' ascendant, since what, like 2016, Missouri, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Kentucky's controlled those three series. Up until this year, they only had two total losses between those three teams combined in like 21 games. So you lose to South Carolina this year. Those games against Missouri have been closer than we'd like to think but UK has found a way to win close games. They got to keep con- doing it here or else the, the the pecking order that you're at, right? Like Stoops showed them the ACC leaderboard was like, hey, we're still in the mix of it. Well, you got to win this one or you're not going to be in the mix much longer.
0: Yeah. You have to go back to 2015 since they lost to two of those three. Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Missouri. Yeah. And that was, that one was, you beat South Carolina early. You lose to a good Missouri team, or no, no. You even you won. No, you have to go back to 2014 because they beat Missouri and South Carolina in 2015, 2014. Well, um, they, they lost,
1: lost to M- Vandy in 15,
0: though. No, if you have you go? Oh, I'm even dating my 2013. You have to go back to the first. I can date myself, but the first Mark Stoops year because 2014 they beat South Carolina. Yeah, it was yeah. the big win, and then they beat Vandy at home, and then 2015 they beat Missouri and South Carolina, and then lost to Vandy on the road. So you have to go back to 2013, Nick, since they've lost the. <laughs> two or
1: three here that would be bad that would be really bad
0: Ugh. i mean there's just a lot <laughs> <right on. laughs>
1: I mean, I mean, like and that's why there's so much fear factor in this because like it is so um it is such a must win and I, I cannot stress it
0: out it yeah is- it is <laughs> like it is like for this thing need to get things back on track this season like but no matter what happens here, this year is going to be a disappointment because um, they didn't take advantage of opportunities on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and they let the offense slip from a top 25 unit to this girls' football we're watching every Saturday.
1: It really just happened in the month of October, right? Like,
0: Well, yeah, yes, but I think you, you wrote it today and you, wrote, you made a good point. It was always like benefit of the doubt. Oh, they, they're missing this. They're missing yeah. that, this, that. And then we get six, seven games, and people just get tired of making excuses for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got enough personnel there. You should be able you should be able to fe- not asking them to go score forty points, but you should be able to go put some points on the board. It shouldn't be this difficult uh, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two to score more than thirty points in a college football game. Uh, but it, but it is. I mean, it's like you know, it's like you want to try to win game set. Like my thing that irked me about that Tennessee game, Nick. It's almost like they went in there and thought they were going to go in 24-21. And yep. Like that is not the way to go play that game. Um uh, early in the game, you should be taking if if Tennessee's going to hit you with a haymaker, you should be trying to hit them with a haymaker. Like that's the time to throw a bomb when they're down playing downhill. Like when they went to Louisville and played Lamar Jackson and won that game, they did not go into that game thinking they were going to win 24-21. They thought, if we're going to win. We're going to outscore score these guys today. And we're going to take our swings here. And I just didn't feel like they did that down in Tennessee. And that was frustrating. That's a great um, point. Because you do have to do what you do. The best thing they do is give it the ball 24's belly and let him run. But well, you got to help him out. He can't do it by himself. If you've got a team that's going to play that damn aggressive, you need to take advantage of that aggressiveness early and say, if you're coming down here, I'm going to throw it over the top of your head. And the Kentucky just didn't do that. They played right in the Tennessee's hands. And that was really upsetting about that game to me. Um, and so Missouri's kind of the same thing. If Missouri comes out here and is rolling nine in the box, you need to throw it over their head. You need to figure out something, move the pocket, do something where you can, where Levis can show off his arm, and you can take advantage of some of the speed you have on the outside in one-on-one matchups and take your shot. Um, but yeah, that was just that was to me that was frustrating part. And I think them as a whole, they just got to get out of that seventeen-thirteen mindset sometimes. Um, not all the time, but you can't, you know, there's time to be conservative and there's time to be aggressive. Felt like early in that Tennessee game was a time to be aggressive and they just weren't. And that was upsetting. Uh,
1: to, to, um, to be fair. And in the midst of all of our worries, Mark Stoops teams are pretty good in bounce back spots, especially late in the season. Um, 2018. I I I don't have them all pulled up, but I did do some quick research. Uh, Tennessee and Georgia are the only teams. I I threw out 2020, but they Tennessee in 2019 at the goal line that was kicked off November. That was their only loss in the final five games of the season. Uh, Same thing happened. uh, They were able to get off the mat and win at Vanderbilt. They had won, beaten Missouri at home before that. Uh, Same thing last year. You you win three straight to close out the season. 2018, I believe, even after that Georgia loss, like they cleaned. No, no, no,
0: lost Tennessee,
1: Tennessee, and then you won out, right? And
0: beat a good Middle Tennessee team, and then smoked Louisville, and then go and win the bowl game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good Middle
1: Tennessee team. They've been pretty good about in in these bounce back spots. Um, I just
0: gotta see. I mean, this offense is just, it's just, you know, we might look back at it, and Tennessee just might be, you know. Yeah, yeah. Two and or three, I, and, second or third best team in the country. You played them at their house. Yeah, they had everything tough. cooking. Um, but the, but the problem, just, is. the game just went it went sideways on you early, and you just once that that happened, you were toast. For me, it's just there. There were
1: some common themes that just raised their head, and it was it's the, the same issues, right? Yeah, it's the start and it's the red zone and just overall sloppiness, um, a lot of sloppiness, and that's. You know, like I, I know some of the, some execution errors are up to the players, right? Like you can't get mad at, at the coach for Tavian Robinson dropping a pass, right? But like if there's no accountability for a kid jumping off sides all the time, they like, what are we, you know, like what do we?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel them on the old line. Kind of come stuff. down to the coach eventually. I feel them on the old line stuff because there is, you know, typically the rule is false start. You come out of the game, kind of thing. But there's just no one, you know, they just don't have depth. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, my thing with that is you can get mad at the players or whatever, but eventually, to me, that's just on the coaching. Like, why do they keep jumping? Um, why is it taking so long for these play calls to get in? Yeah. Um, why are you calling in the wrong – why is the wrong play getting called in your quarterback gets crushed against Mississippi State, hurts his shoulder? Yeah. Why Why is he here why, – why, why is that wristband call getting messed up? We all just kind of laugh that off, but, like, That's kind of seems like that's been an issue all season, getting play calls in. And you almost got knocked him out for the year because you called, however, got the wrong call in. Right, Uh, right. You know, when I say sloppy football team, it's not just the players jumping off sides. I think it's the whole operation that's sloppy. Um, I think there's signs that prove that. Um, And so why is that? You know, does somebody need to go in the box, Nick? All these coaches are on the sideline. Do we need more? Do somebody need to just go up there and, like, um, thinking peace and quiet. I mean, I don't know. It's so, something um, because it's been sloppy. And that's what I'll get back to. If we see, still see some of these sloppiness over these last four games because it's not like. Okay. This The search came down to Rich Gangarello and like Rob Calabrese, the Jets quarterback coach. Yeah. The Jets quarterback coach didn't have any experience. And that was probably the number one reason Gangarello got this job. Yep. But it's not looking like the experience. Right, that. you should be like this. is is what the the first time play caller should be going through. Not what right. this guy who's called plays. He's been a, called plays in four different inst- or, or organizations in his career. Called plays in the NFL. This is not what, what it should what what it should look like to me. I, that that's just got to get fixed. Um, there's really no excuse for it.
1: You, you brought up the or we were talking about false starts and not being able to take guys out and. I thought of a name I hadn't thought of in a long time. Jordan Swindle. Yeah. What's Jordan Swindle up to nowadays? Not he to played in the
0: first. Canadian Football League for a long time.
1: Good for him, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Really, really. Like, really. speaking of some of these guys who are surprising, you notice know how much more McCall's playing for the Panthers? He's getting yeah. a ton of reps, man. He's that was a on. good
0: team for him to get on because they got into the fire cell type situation, but it's given uh-huh. him a good chance to put some show. shape out there. Right.
1: It's and a good opportunity that, for him. That game on Sunday. I, I think I brought it up on the football podcast. Still blows my mind how crazy that game got. Uh And Z'Darrius Smith is just freaking stud. I just forget about the Vikings. I don't know what it is about them that I just don't like pay it. I'm not paying attention to them, but they just it just feels like in the pecking order of caring. It's just because they got
0: Kirk Cousins, so you just like, oh, they stink. They Kirk Cousins are quarterback.
1: <laughs> it's really it really is like such a a Kirk Cousins bias. Um but like I even have Justin Jefferson on a fantasy team and I so I keep up from afar and I still they're good. Don't care about the Vikings. But yeah, they're good. They're good. The Packers
0: stink. What's up with your team, man? I don't know, man. <laughs>
1: what? Is it, is it really just – Browns like, are
0: – I knew that. I had a kind of feeling they were going to lose that game because the Browns, they just a terrible matchup because they can't block Miles Garrett and they can't stop the run. Um, specifically, that they got their – DJ Reader, their best run stuffer, was out. So, I had a feeling that was coming.
1: I just – I didn't know if it was a case where it's like really just Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase or just the entire – they're the city of Cincinnati. Like, <laughs> well, they, they, they I just mean, Jamar
0: Chase is pretty good. Uh, but still, I mean, they just – they just can't figure out the Browns. Like Baker Mayfield would throw it all over them when he was there. <laughs> and then they wouldn't, like Jacoby Brissett had the game of his career. That did not surprise me. It just, they kind of have their number. I'm ready for Stefanski to get out of there because they just cannot figure them out. It's and such so, a weird um, thing to say out loud. <laughs> it, it is, it's just a one, it's the one f- opponent um, they just cannot, they always don't play well against. It feels like it, they just don't match up well with them at all. Um, they just have all kinds of, I mean, the Bengals just got, um, injuries are really starting to pile up on them. not to make an excuse, but that's hurting them. Um, it's looking like twin games are really going to have to get in shootouts, and that just can't protect Burrow long enough, and they got to get chased back. Got the Panthers this week, so I think they'll be able to bounce back, but that's just we, kind of the team they're going to be this year.
1: We are entering that wonderful time of year where football is on seven days a week, and it's just – it's glorious.
0: The Mac is back. Did you catch any of the maxon on Tuesday night? I did. I was wanting to watch that Buffalo, Ohio game for a little bit because that was kind of first place and on that side of the division, those were two of the best teams. You got you got a little hairy though, a little yeah. out of hand. You know, Ball state, Kids State. It. it was
1: it was foggy, and you, you had some. Uh, of course, quarterbacks, you idiots, quit sliding. Like the dude was was near the first down. It's fourth down, and instead of doing the dive, he starts his slide because like he he easily had the first down, but he slid to it. So they're going to back you up like a yard, yeah. From where the slide starts, and so he didn't get. Kent State doesn't get the first down. Um, that team they've played every good football team in America this year
0: for pay yeah. games um, could have used a win. Here's the funny thing about the MAC. All right, the last three champs: Northern Illinois, Ball State, and Miami Ohio. All those coaches are still there. They all have losing records. In not close losing records. I'm talking like 10, 15 games under 500. <laughs> that league, you can just go from three and nine to nine and three like snap of a finger. Like Buffalo yeah. stunk last year. Now they might win the, you know, they had a chance to win the league. Ohio stunk last year, new coach first year. Now they might come back and they might come back and win the Mac. And Frank Zolich was awesome there for 15 years, and he never won the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> so that league is just like, it's very much a lottery. Um, you never know who could win it. Um, it's usually someone out of left field a little bit. So and, that, that, and then playing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays obviously makes that a little more. Feels like the results are could go in either either way on any I, of those games.
1: I like when you know post put the kids down to bed and it's like all right let's let's check the scores here and if it's close and you're like all right let's get weird. There was one play yeah. where a dude threw a ball. Uh, it went back to him and then he threw it again. So he he tried to throw two passes in one play. You cannot throw two forward <laughs> passes in one play. It's like the most Mac play that's ever happened.
0: Oh, freaking action! And, Max. Shout out Ball State. They're recruiting Kentucky pretty hard. Uh, Tristan Cook, yeah. kid from Woodford County, is going there. Did he? I believe another did he kid's like, going there. Um, and then Joe Humphrey. So it should be. Actually, I don't know. He's probably Miami, Ohio th- third quarterback. I know he set a bunch of records at Davies County. So he'll be starting for them, I would think, eventually down the road.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Muncie, not too far of a drive. Um, love some good Mac. Maybe one year we get some action. And I actually have a uh, – one of my wife's good friend is marrying somebody who's a big Mac football guy. And he, he he's done a couple random Tuesday nights. Yeah. Uh, the best, the best part about Maxion for us would be, you know, you, you can go in and out of the stadium. It's old school Kentucky football where you're <laughs> grabbing a couple beers at halftime. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm uh, w- love a little Tuesday night uh Look, well, it. I guess we should get back to our discussion on this Missouri Kentucky game.
0: Do you ultimately have a lean one way or the other? No, yeah. I think I've I've had different points this week. I've had both sides winning. Uh, but regardless, it's kind of a close game. I got the now under playing out. I, I bet the under
1: today. This is this has rash under written all over it. Yeah. I'm such a loser. I love unders. Iowa did it to me. I blame it all on the Ferentz family. But now, like I don't, I
0: don't, I just don't bet overs. It's only unders. It's just like, ooh, these teams stink. Let's bet it. These two teams are combined 14 and two on under plays this year. Yeah, uh, the only, two losses were to group of five teams. A uh, Bad group <laughs> of five teams at that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it'll be the lowest total for each team right here at forty-one and a half. But, yeah, how do you go? How do you go to the window and say, give me over in Kentucky, Missouri? I mean, these two good defenses, offenses that have just stunk, um, and they both play at a slow pace. Like, how do you just go and be like, yeah, this is what – this thing's going over?
1: Well, one thing that would be nice, too, that we haven't seen a lot of from Kentucky, we saw it early on in the season, creating turnovers. That, that defense yep. has been been not break, but they're now they have only created eight all season. They're ranked tenth or eleven. Yeah, they're, I mean look you look
0: up and good. you look up and turnovers is again an issue for the second year in a row. Yeah, um, the defense is not for the defense. I think they're 118th in turnover margin, but the defense is 108th in takeaways. Like the offense needs to be better, but they need more from their defense in yeah. that in that aspect. It's hard to ask that defense to do well, any more, but you do need some more takeaways. Well, because like the the you got to have some
1: sort of havoc stat and they're not getting sacks. So it, it, there's just not a whole lot of havoc stat, stats right now for this Kentucky defense, which, um, uh, I had, uh, we had an interesting question on our text line today on Kentucky roll call. And it was, you know, who's on your Mark Stoops shortlist. If you know, things get sideways, he decides to bolt, get the big pile of nil money at Auburn or Nebraska or somewhere. And, uh, my my wild card. I've got a fun wild card. Let's bring Zach Arnett up here and run that three three five and just piss off other teams.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. He's kind of. That's kind of the the mold I would look for though. If I'm like, Kentucky, like I do like the def, like defensive coordinator angle. Um, I would prefer like Arnett be more like kind of a big school. He hadn't been in the Power Five very long. That would be my big concern. Like he's mm-hmm. only been a couple years in Mississippi State, um, and. Like, the rest of the Power Five is a lot different than Mississippi State. Yeah,
1: say. yeah, that's true. Uh, but, uh, you know, the guy, the Oklahoma – or not Oklahoma, Lincoln
0: Riley's D.C. Um, yeah, he Virginia was – um, uh, Alex Grinch, two years ago he was – I want to call him Stink. Two years ago he was definitely on my list. But the defenses have just not – they just haven't kicked that extra gear. Um, they force turnovers, take a lot of chances. But I don't know if I would be too excited about – him right now. Um, uh, but yeah, he's definitely a guy maybe you would interview, talk to. Uh, he's from Ohio. so oh, That's
1: intriguing. Who else? Uh, obviously Brad White's on there. Who else is on Adam Luckett's? Uh, I mean,
0: how do you not have John Summerall on there? It's true.
1: Yeah. What to. he's
0: doing right now. Dude. Yeah. They're kicking ass in the fun belt, man. And Nick, like if some, Summer, some could possibly keep white here. Right. Like those dudes are pretty tight. It would be kind of weird
1: to go from working for him to he's working for you, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, but it, from what I kind of you maybe you probably know more about this, but those two seem like they're pretty tight.
1: Yeah, um, right now they're Troy is six and two, bow eligible four and one, leading their division in the Sun Belt. Yeah, this I just um, they would be unbeaten if not for that hail mary against App
0: State. And you want to talk about getting nil in order and going out and getting ball players? It's true. That guy will get they little fix all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they yeah. will get players here if he's running the show. Um, you want to talk about a head coach that's going to go out and get after it recruiting-wise um, and do what the, it's got to take to get play Like, all will put him in that bucket. Um, for him, like, he, you know, and he's not as young as you – like, he's 41 years old. It's not like he's a young pup. Um, God, he – so
1: weird because he, you know, played on the teams that we when we were kids growing up watching, and now it's like, oh, he's
0: not a young pup anymore. And it's like, wait, I just I was watching him play. <laughs> You're like, damn it, I'm old. Yeah. Um. So he's definitely he's on the short list. Like, he needs to get an interview, and like he would have familiarity with ha- another thing with Summerall. He's he played for the coach and he worked for the coach. The two coaches that I think proved the model of how you win here at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Rich sure. Brooks and Mark Stoops, and I think he was a GA for Brooks too. So. Yeah, I think that that that's another pro in his pros and cons list. You know, court offense style and all that. You know, that's the one thing I would have questions about him with. Um, it's a risk because he's still a little green as a head coach, but I think there's a lot of things to like about him. And then you know, you go, he's going, he's winning big at Troy right away. I think that's a good sign, and that's a good tough league. Like, there's good coaches in that league. And so that that that's impressive to me. So yeah, he would definitely be on there. Brian Hartline up at Ohio State. Yeah. Most I mean, of the reasons I just talked about, you want to coach. Hey, coach is going to come and get players here and probably Harlan get nil figured out.
1: Is, is everybody wants to talk about Coach Prime? But the real, the real fun wrinkle in the coaching carousel is where's Brian Hartline going? There. Yeah. So he
0: he's definitely on, on there, and then, he's like they're
1: they're fickle basically from yeah. eight years ago.
0: And then Brad White, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Those three right there are towards the top. And then, like, then after that, you're getting into, like, I would say secondary candidates, at least on my list, after those three. Um, Some people have thrown out Neil Brown and all that. Maybe he would be offensive coordinator. Um, It's the thing with Neil, like, he's going to get fired probably from West Virginia here soon, if not this year, next year. Um, His play calling didn't go great at Troy or West Virginia. Like, you can. Pull up the numbers if you want to, but it just was not very good. He had to make it. He brought in Graham Harrell this year to call plays, and he probably did it about two years too late. Yep. Um, and so that's the one thing with Neil, I would say.
1: It would, it would also be a really weird – I don't want to say it was square peg when they first initially got him, but it felt kind of foisted on Mark Stoops. Like he had to go get Neil.
0: Yeah, but Stoops wanted to run the air raid, and he was one of the best candidates at the time if you were going to do that. So I, I, it was maybe a, like a range marriage type thing, but it made sense. We do have
1: everybody. a weird relationship with Neil Brown, though. It, it's, it's just it,
0: – Yeah, some people have mentioned – like, or have been mentioned to me, I think Derek Carey mentioned, the, like Neil Brown coming to be Summerall's OC here, potentially –
1: well, they work together to make that yeah, form an offensive line room, which that's you know
0: that's there. I don't know if I would want that, but if like I don't know what Neil Brown wants to do, but I think he would be awesome in kind of like a chief of staff role or just kind of a big picture role on a college staff. It's true, yeah. But I, you know, you would have to think he wants to get some back in good. the fight and run a right. show himself. So I don't know at this stage in his career if that's something he would be looking for. Um, but cool. some are all the closer we get, like it. There, it makes it adds up. Um, but with that said, I don't think Stoops is going anywhere unless it's like Nebraska and I are the two I'm watching right now. If he's going to leave, it's going to be one of those two. And So pay attention to that Nebraska search and then pay attention to what's going on with Ferentz. Uh, I think I was listening to Bruce Feldman's podcast the other day and he mentioned, like, I think he was him, um, that Brian Ferentz, pro- he's looked around for NFL jobs. Yeah, that's been the um... – And then, like, that's the that's the thought, that he's going to go to get get an NFL – assistant coach job, and then Kirk's going to go hire a new offensive coordinator. So it doesn't sound like he's leaving anytime soon, if he's going to do that. So that, that to me, if that happens, you got to think at least two to three more years with Ferentz there at Iowa. And so that's a win for Kentucky, if that happens.
1: It's just so funny. they Their uniforms look like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they really they operate like them, right? Maybe they'll go hire
0: Matt Canada, just for full circle. We're,
1: we're not firing coaches.
0: God, yeah, maybe man. uh they'll hire Matt Canada, and uh, Tomlin will hire Brian Ferentz. How the hell is Matt Canada still
1: employed? My God, that dude stinks.
0: He's so bad.
1: Um, but anyway, like well, it. I've had a lot of fun today. You know, even though I feel like we were a little bit more um, not complaining is the right word, but I feel like this was uh this is good. This is a they, good uh,
0: exercise. Yeah, we uh, I've I've turned up the heat a little bit this week, obviously. Uh, but Nick, we talked in like personal conversations. Like I've been a little irked with this offense for a few weeks now. And I don't think I'm the only one. Um, I think the fan base in general, and you've given them time and it's just times up, like needed to be November. The, yeah. It's it November. Like, it needs have... to be, it needs to be better. Um, you offense kind of cost the team of when it gets miss, um, South Carolina was a tough situation, but you still, to me, you got to be able to score more than you did. And you put, and you put your t- team in a huge hole because you give them seven points to start the game. Um, uh, it just needs to be better. And so you go down to Tennessee, you only score six points. That's embarrassing. I mean, bluntly. you Snooves made a change to avoid moments like that on yeah. offense. To avoid the moments where big stage, where his offense just couldn't do anything. And that's what happened against Tennessee. The offense could not do anything. And it's just not acceptable. So it's got to get fixed. And if it doesn't get fixed, if we see the same old, same old, these last four games – I think some tough decisions are rightfully going to have to be made because this is just – what we've seen just should not be happening. It's not what Kentucky signed up for uh, when they made this hire. The
1: thing is, too, is in July we thought this Kentucky team was going to have to score points and win. We thought this was going to have to be a 35, 38-point team because the defense wasn't going to cut it. No, defense has been good. They haven't asked you to do a ton. You've got to be just a slightly average. We're not
0: not asking for a lot here, I don't think. Yeah, you know, I don't think so either. I, it shouldn't be that hard to go score twenty eight points, but it is. Uh, this Look. offense has had all kinds of issues. Um, Want to talk about points per drive? Well, your points per drive stats stink this year. I mean, like, let's you got like the end of the day, you got to go, you got to go score, and you got to figure out like easy ways for your team to operate. It seems like everything's very hard. It's been very hard for them all mm-hmm. year. Oh, And so I think this game is important. I think the start on Saturday uh, is critical, and it's a game that feels like which team makes the big, the first big, huge mistake in the second half is probably going to lose.
1: Yeah, score early, don't make the big mistake, and you can get yourself a must win for the Cats at Mm -hmm.
0: Como. You score early, then you can kind of – that's when you can really have Chris Rodriguez and hammer the rock and kind of play ball control, kind of play how you want to play. But if you don't, you get in a hole – then the defense is going to be looking at you. Are you going to get us out of this hole? You know, are you just going to mess around? And then that's when you get in obvious passing situations. And we know what happens in obvious passing situations with this team. So yeah, big game, um, for this group. We'll see if they can bounce back and see if they can have some success against some pretty good defense there, in Missouri.
1: Final road game of the season, 11 a.m. local kickoff. Uh, look well, enjoy Harpo's Friday night. It's the, uh, where all the big J's, uh, I'm sure, go uh, when the, before they become big J's.
0: Do uh, they have a visitor section press box at Missouri? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's like you're at one end and the home team's at the other. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing too crazy like that.
0: Should, do you want me to steal you a rock and bring it back? Oh, would love a
1: rock. <laughs> would, I'd absolutely love a, a rock. I, I got my car. Like You might want to pin where you park, too. Uh, in eighteen, I I went to the wrong like two wrong parking garages before I finally found my car. So that was rough. Um, but that Harpo's that's a good place. It's like their two keys. They got a lot of good eats there in Columbia too. So yeah, I think that's you'll what be heard. you'll have a nice Friday night. Or is it just Friday night and coming back? Or are you d- two whole weekend? Then? Friday oh. Sunday. Oh, beautiful then. Beautiful. That's a longer you,
0: drive than I thought it was going to be.
1: It's yeah, it, it's 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 like an hour longer than you think. It's kind of a pain in the ass. You don't yeah, you're you're doing it right. Uh, Just a lot of cold Bud Lights at Harpo's after the game. So uh, enjoy it with uh, Peak. And uh, we'll be back next week for a lot more content uh, everywhere you get your content. Um, And enjoy your CBD, full-spectrum CBD, from portroyalplants.com. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Let's lend some money on the Breeders' Cup this weekend, too. I'll have some picks for you on the KSR YouTube channel. Subscribe. Stay tuned. This has been 11 Personnel.
0: 18 plus.